Most of us are aware of the holidays that take place on the Mondays because they're federal holidays and we get the day off. Amen. Sometimes, uh, of course, there's Christmas and there's uh, Thanksgiving and, and some other even more notable ones that uh, are certainly on our calendar. But one of the holidays that's coming up that I had uh, forgotten about, and I'm going to make note of this in particular next year because I think it's going to be way more important uh, next year for various reasons. But October the 31st, while it is Halloween, and, and I'm letting, you know, I, I could have a lot to say about that, and I have in years past. But October 31 is also Reformation Day. Did you know that? Reformation Day. Reformation Day was the day Martin Luther posted his 95 theses on the door of the Wittenberg Chapel, which basically uh, historians use as the watershed mark, declaring the break from the corruption of that era of the Catholic Church. I understand there's warm-hearted Catholics in the earth today. I understand that. But in those days, it was few and far between. And that was the moment, the seminal moment, when Luther pounded the 95 theses or reasons, 95 reasons why um, the act and the participation of indulgences, which was basically springing your dead relatives out of purgatory by giving money to the church uh, was uh, erroneous and, and actually blasphemous. And he, he gave 95 reasons as to why that would be so. Now, I understand today you would read those 95 reasons and we could put them in very modern uh, uh, vocabulary in order for you to understand it very quickly. And you would say to yourself, oh, hey, that's self-evident. These things are self-evident. But you got to remember, back in 1517, people didn't read very much. Uh, there was no printing uh, presses that would uh, uh, get information out. So everything that we have today by way of education and, and revelation as well as technology, I mean, it was a whole different era, which was why people could be snowed uh, for longer periods of time. Uh, but Luther and this act began to, I believe, start that snowball of restoration that we've been talking about, particularly on Sundays, that God began restoring right doctrine, right practice, uh, right understanding uh, back to his church. And uh, it started again in 1517, and, and restoration was slow at first, but now it's very quick. Things are happening very, very quickly. But Reformation Day. And for those of you that, again, are friends with me on Facebook, I'm belaboring this point. You need to be my friend. I know some people, I understand some people don't do it because they aren't handling technology. And if you've got issues with technology, I don't want, I don't want this to be a snare to you. So, you know, stay off if you, if you can't do that. But I'm telling you, technology, God grants knowledge for technology in order to disseminate the gospel. The printing press came along, you understand, in order to disseminate what Luther had heard from God about. Every time technology upticks, it's because God has something he wants to send out. Uh, Twitter, Twitter did not come, Twitter, Twitter did not come in order that we could just sit around and twit, I'm eating, I'm eating fish right now at the restaurant. Do you understand? That was not the high and noble purposes of Twitter. The high and noble purposes of email and, and blogging and websites 
and all those different things. They aren't there just because it's cool and technology helps us and it's a new business area and arena. I believe God releases knowledge in the earth and that knowledge is to be used to spread the gospel and the enemy would like to corrupt these things and counterfeit these things and get us on all sorts of side trails. But I honestly believe that if we would, if we would get a hold of the kingdom purposes of some of our technology, the gospel and his precepts could go out in amazing, amazing ways. You know, I don't use my Facebook just to post on there, you know. I went to Arby's tonight, had me a roast beef sandwich. Anybody that is my friend knows what I post on there. I'm doing my best to engage the culture. And every now and then, I'll get me a hot thread going. Hey, Brad's, hey, go to Brad, be a friend with Brad. He gets all kinds of things stirred up over there, so. I mean it. He'll get it going on. And I'll see that, and I'll go, I want to jump in on that one, so. Anyway, I'm off the beaten path here. The 95 Theses, that's where I was. Reformation Day. Facebook. <laughs> hey, I posted a great article from Jay Lee Grady, who used to be the editor of Charisma Magazine. Take the time, if you can read it, or you can just go to charismamag.org, it may be. But there was a great article there that I have hijacked. I'll just admit to you up front it's just, I just hijacked this article. It was a great article about Reformation Day in our spirit-filled churches. And he just wrote, I think, real quickly, and you're going to have to write real quickly because I did not put this on the screen overhead because I've been with the powers most of the day today, and so I didn't have time in order to, to do the PowerPoints and stuff. So you can write real fast, right? Come on, limber up the fingers. Everybody that's writing, just do this. All right, you're limbering up your fingers. And uh, we'll do our best to make sure you can get all this. J. Lee Grady suggested this. I'm going to kind of leap off these things. And in the next 15 minutes, I just want to share some things that I think he's right on target that we need to reform. For instance, number one, it's time to reform our theology. Reform our theology. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. Amen. He is God. He is holy. He's not an it. He's not an impersonal force. Uh, he's not some innate power. He's not heightened understanding or revelation. The Holy Spirit is God, and when the Holy Spirit shows up, that means God's in the room. Amen. So we got to make sure that our, our un doctrine and our theology is reformed. Number two, hey, it's time to return to the Bible. The Bible, the Word of God. It's the foundation for all Christian experience. I believe that God is alive and well in the earth, and I believe that he can give you a dramatic experience. I believe that you can get visions and dreams. I believe in the prophetic word. I believe that angels exist. I believe all of these things can happen and manifest, but it must be in line with this book. If we don't test what comes our way, we could end up spreading deception. And I don't care what God you think God said to you, if it's not confirmed or the precept underscored in this book, you, you need to be careful. And if it violates this book, you didn't hear from God. I'll just put it that plain. Number three, I believe it's time that we had personal responsibility. What do I mean by that? I mean it's time that we stop blaming everything on the devil. The devil, I know he is around. He's got demons that work for him. But can I just share this with you? Sometimes it's not the devil who's your problem. 
Sometimes you, your own problem. All right? It's time for some personal responsibility. We need to understand that while the enemy can get things stirred up, certainly he can. The flesh is a part of our uh, challenge as well. So we need to take personal responsibility. Number four, stop playing games. Hey, there's a, there's a, I just mentioned, don't blame the devil for everything, but there is a reality with regards to spiritual warfare. But we're not going to win the world just shouting at demonic principalities. We have to pray. We got to preach. We've got to persevere. We've got to outreach. We've got to relate to people. We've got to share the gospel. We've got to, we've got to get about kingdom business. Come on, there's some amens. And, and we got to quit playing games. We're on a clock that's ticking down. And uh, people's souls are at stake. And so we need to be about the kingdom business as well. Number five, stop the foolishness. Stop the foolishness. Now, like I said, I've been in, in full gospel circles for about 20 years. And so I've seen a lot, scratched my head over much. And, and embrace, and the reason I am one is because I embrace the present moving of God. But our culture here is this. If it ain't real, it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna happen. So, you know what? If you get clipped by the Holy Ghost, if somebody prays for you, we accept that. But we don't push people down. We don't throw them down. And if you just fall down because that's what you do and you hit your head on a chair and it hurts, that's your business. If it's God, it wouldn't hurt. And, and, and so we've got to stop the foolishness. And I've often said, I don't care how many times you go out. I really don't care how high you jump or how loud you shout. I just want to know how straight you walk when it all gets done, said and done. So we got to stop the foolishness and, and, and get back to the seriousness of our walk. Number six, I believe we ought to end the spiritual extortion now. I'll say it. Christian TV needs to cease and desist from all of its silly fundraising tactics. We must cease giving platforms to ministers who make outlandish claims of these supernatural financial returns, especially when scripture is twisted and deadlines are imposed and the poor are exploited. It's just time. Do I believe that God can do a 30, 60, 100-fold? Yes, I believe that. I believe that God can multiply what we sow. These principles are in the book. The problem is they are twisted to be used in ways that I'm not sure God ever intended for them to be used. And, and we need to stop this stuff. It's as bad as what Tetzel did in uh, the 16th century that Luther was incensed by. The Pope was wanting to raise money in order to build his basilica. You do know the story. Pope Leo was trying to build his basilica. He didn't know how he was going to get the money. So the church developed a new way to grant uh, indulgences, which would spring your relatives out of purgatory who had died and you weren't sure where they landed. You could spring them out of purgatory by paying an indulgence to the church. And by virtue of the church receiving that indulgence, I guess the Pope would pray and your relative would be sprung out of purgatory. Of course, Luther said that he ought to be springing people out of purgatory if for no other reason than compassion's sake. But John Tetzel went around and he had a little jingle that went with his fundraising effort. He said as soon as the coin in the coffer or the cup Rings, a soul from Purgatory Springs. 
It's about that bad today. And I've about had my fill. I can't, I, I hate to admit this, I can't hardly watch Christian TV anymore. It's just the silliness. I'm not saying all of them. There's some great ministries out there, and I'm not going to throw out names. I'm just simply saying, you know what I'm talking about. Is there's, there's a silliness that needs to stop. Number seven, no more Lone Rangers. I don't care if they're pastors, evangelists, heads of ministries, people, Christians who are in local churches. It is time that we in our churches became connected and accountable. Lone Rangers. The Bible clearly says an isolated man is a dangerous person. It's time to get connected. I'm going to preach this one over the Christmas season somehow about relationship. You understand that, G that God sent his son in order that he might have relationship with us. That was the primary purpose, relationship. And, and I think everything's birthed out of relationship. And I've just reached the point that if there's no relationship, then there's, there's really no reason to go forward. And you don't know how many calls I get from people who are in the ministry, and maybe they're traveling evangelists, traveling folks, and they're wanting to come and minister, and they may be good-hearted in the sense that, you know, they're genuine, and they may have something valid to say. But you know what? When you're not connected to anybody, and you don't have a relationship, and nobody's going to be over you, and, and I understand you're serving the Lord, but if there's no relationship, I'm done. I'm just done. I want some relationship. God wants relationship. God didn't set this whole thing up just so we could have a ministry or that we could be blessed or we could be healed or that we could be resourced. You, you do understand that the whole reason Jesus died wasn't so you could just have a better life now. Jesus died in order that you could be in relationship. Not just so you could be blessed. Now, praise God, we can be blessed, blessed, but that's not the primary purpose. It's relationship. And this is being reformed. we got to get relationship. No more Lone Rangers. Number eight. I like this one. Expose the creeps. Let me tell you something, and you don't have to deal with this as much as I do, but you'd be surprised even how, how servants of the Lord, they hide their criminal records, they, they lie about their, their past marriages and relationships. They prey on women. They prey on children. They refuse to pay their child support. This stuff has to stop in our circles. If we're ever going to be taken credibly in the eyes of the world, we're going to have to stop this stuff. Number nine, we've got to stop faking the anointing. You know what? God does not need our help to manifest himself. Now, I'm just going to get into this because I don't touch on this very often, but you know what? I'm going to, how do I say this? I never was much into the gold dust stuff. You know, you know that kind of went through our circles, this gold dust? I even had people ask me, why don't you have these ministers that come and gold dust shows up? It's because if, if, if it was gold dust, then we charismatics are probably dumber than we thought because if we really believed it to be gold dust, we should have had our vacuum cleaners out pulling this stuff up. This is silliness. 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 Meetings where feathers fly because the Holy Spirit's in the room. Silliness. 
This is, this, this, this is blasphemous. But because we're not grounded in this book, all this stuff takes place. This is reformation. This is what reformation looks like. Number 10, we've got to return to purity. Purity. I got five minutes. We've had enough scandals. Amen. We, we've got to develop in, in our, our churches, and we're doing this in the network of related pastors. We're developing a, a format and a system for the restoration of fallen ministers. Now, the Bible says you who are spiritual restore those who are fallen. So I'm not saying that anybody who's fallen that's been in ministry is disqualified. But I do believe they have to be restored. And, and you just can't say God forgives me and a week later you're up again doing your thing. There's something that's wrong there. There's something inherently wrong if you've had a major fall that needs to be addressed before you get up and just go after it again. Otherwise, we're venerating the gift and not the character. And we've, we've got to return back to a sense of purity. People need to submit to a process of healing so, so they can find wholeness. God wants us to be whole people instead of rushing them immediately back to the ministry. Number 11, we need humility. Humility. I mean, God exalts the humble. He'll slap down the prideful. It's time for humility. And... Uh, Christian celebrityism is just, I, I, I think it's out of hand. So we need humility. Number 12, I'll say this, it goes with it. No more big shots. No more big shots. You know what? It's always amazed me that whenever I go to a conference, and again, I understand why this happens, but it's amazing how when you go to a conference, I do, and, and whoever's invited to the conference always pastors thousands of people. Now, I respect them that 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 they would have that type of organization. But that doesn't mean they necessarily have something to say. See, we bought into this whole idea that big must be the best. Now, I would love to have the resource. I would love to have the people resource, the financial resource. Don't mistake. I, I would like to see Legacy to be a large church because of the resource. But here's the point. The point is, is that I know some guys that are pastoring churches just like ours. And I'm telling you, they got a lot to say, and God's doing a lot through them and I've said this for years, that if every megachurch closed its doors, I mean, we're talking megachurch, which is over like 2,000, would shut their doors down in America, Christianity would still go forward. But if every church that was under 500 closed their doors, we would enter into the dark ages in this nation. Most of the work of the gospel takes place in churches just like ours. No more big shots. Number 13, aren't you enjoying this? Reformation. Hey, never promote a gift at the expense of character. It's time to reform this. Love gifted, skilled people. Isn't it great when we have skilled people? But the gift does not supersede the character. The world needs to see our character. It needs to see our love. It needs to see what we're made of, our tenacity, our faithfulness, our resiliency. When it begins to see these things, they'll take us uh, more credibly. Number 14, we need to hold uh, prophets, pastors, ministers accountable. And, and what I mean by this is, is that every pastor needs a pastor. And, and I'm, I teach this to you because there may be a day that you're transferred out of here and you go somewhere else and you're un, in another ministry. Every pastor needs a pastor. Ask them the question, who's your pastor? Well, I don't have a pastor. Well, you need one. 
I've got a pastor. I can tell you who my pastor is. I can tell you who my oversight is. I can tell you my connections. I can tell you where I fellowship. I can tell you where the lines of authority are. I can tell you how decisions are made. It is time. If we want to be credible to the world uh, and, and we want to have a voice into the culture, these are some things that God's speaking to us because the scripture says, you know, judgment begins at the house of God. And as I'm sharing this about churchwide, I'm talking about your house too. It's not just the house of God, it's your house. Come on, put your house in order. The reason God might not be pouring out his glory and his spirit is because he's waiting for a little order to come to your life. So put a little order in there and see what God could do. And then finally, number 15, let's make the main thing the main thing. The purpose of the Holy Spirit and his power is for us to reach people. And I think that we're living in a day where we can either create services that are simply, uh, you know, sideshows and entertainment, or we can throw ourselves into church planning and missions and discipleship and compassion and evangelism and fighting injustice. These are the things that we've been called to do. And I, I tell you what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful when I can read things. And, of course, I, I need to hear things on occasion, as we all do, that speak to a corrective aspect of our life. But it is nice every now and then to read something and have it say, hey, you aren't crazy with the way you're thinking. And I just believe that, that God is, is not only has done some amazing things, but he continues to do amazing things here amongst us. And, and you know, our Mission Madness quarter, you know, whether it's going down to Reynolds Avenue, whether it's going to be uh, uh, listening to what we can do to stop human trafficking in South Carolina, or, or what it means to uh, reach children in third world countries, what it means to preach the gospel, what it means to, to minister to God's servants. I mean, this, this church here, I mean, we got our fingers into a lot of stuff. Praise God. Which means you've got your fingers into a lot of stuff. And, and God's doing a great work. So happy Reformation Day. I figure, why should we celebrate 1517 when we've got 2011, Right? Amen. All right, stand with me. 716. I took 60 extra seconds. <laughs> so somebody won the bet. Somebody won the bet. Please transfer that money out in the parking lot. <laughs> For my house shall be called a house of prayer. <laughs> tithe it. Yeah, tithe your wins. Oh, mercy. All right. All right. Back to the spirit right now. Well, thank you, Lord, that you're working in your church and you're reforming us so that we might, we might image and mirror that which pleases you. Lord, we're not wanting to throw stones. We understand some don't know, but there are some that don't want to know and some that know and, and just don't want to obey. But, Lord, I ask that you'd keep working on us. Lord, uh, open us up. Lord, I ask that you would open our lives up to correction and adjustment and direction and whatever it is, Lord, that might not even please you here. Lord, I, I'm open to hearing about change and what it is that would please your heart. So, Lord, I pray right now that you would move amongst us in that regard. I'm thankful for every power gift. I'm thankful for the manifestation that we enjoyed even this past Sunday of a healing wave. And people were healed in amazing ways. Lord, I believe it's just the beginning of apostolic anointing in the midst of your church again. 
So Lord, we, we recognize you're on the move and you're moving powerfully. But Lord, I'm praying right now, Lord, that you would uh, cause us to not only embrace the power of the Holy Ghost, but that, Lord, we'd embrace all the refinement and all the character building and all the purity and the fire that will refine us to look a little bit more like you. Lord, it started years ago with a guy named Luther. It continues to this day. May we be in the lineage of those who are after all of you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. If you're hanging for the meeting, you can stay right here.